0: chapter eighteen of the witness by grace livingston hill this librivox recording is in the public domain my dear mr courtland the very first line translated courtland into another world from the one in which he had been living during the past three days its perfumed breath struck harshly on his soul i am writing to report on the case of the poor girl whom you asked me to help I was very anxious to please you, and did my best, but you remember that I warned you that persons of that sort were likely to be most difficult and ungrateful, indeed, quite impossible sometimes, and so, perhaps, you will be somewhat prepared for the disappointing report I have to give. I went to the hospital this afternoon, putting off several engagements to do so. I was quite surprised to find the girl in a private room. BUT OF COURSE YOUR KINDNESS MADE THAT POSSIBLE FOR HER, WHICH MAKES HER UTTER INGRATITUDE ALL THE MORE UNPARDONABLE. I TOOK WITH ME SEVERAL VERY PRETTY FROCKS OF MY OWN, QUITE GOOD, SOME OF THEM SCARCELY WORN AT ALL, FOR I KNOW GIRLS OF THAT SORT CARE MORE FOR CLOTHES THAN ANYTHING ELSE, BUT I FOUND HER QUITE SULLEN AND DISAGREEABLE. SHE WOULDN'T LOOK AT THE THINGS I HAD BROUGHT although I suggested several ways in which I intended to help her, and make it possible for her to have a few friends of her own class, who would make her forget her troubles. She just lay and stared at me, and said, quite impertinently, that she didn't remember ever having met me, and when I mentioned your name she denied ever having seen you. She even dared to ask me to leave the room, and the nurse was most insulting. But don't worry about it in the least, for Papa has promised to have the nurse removed at once from her position and blacklisted, so that she can't ever get another place in a decent hospital. I am afraid you will be disappointed in your protégé, and I am awfully sorry, for I would have enjoyed doing her good, but you see how impossible it was. You are not to feel put out that I was treated that way, for I really enjoyed doing something for you. And you know it is good for one to suffer sometimes i'll be delighted to go slumming for you any time again that you say and please don't mind asking me it's much better for me to look after any girls that need help than it is for you because girls of that sort are so likely to impose upon a young man's sympathies my cousin has been telling me how you have been looking after some of the work of a student who is majoring in sociology so i'm beginning to understand why you took this girl up i do hope you'll let me help suppose you run over this evening and we can talk it over i'm giving up two whole engagements to stay home for you so i hope you will properly appreciate it and if anything hinders your coming would you mind calling up and letting me know hope to see you this evening your true friend and fellow worker gila dare the letter struck a false note in the harmony of the day it annoyed courtland beyond expression that he had made such a blunder as to send gila after bonnie he could not understand why Hela had not had better discernment than to think bonnie an object of charity his indignation was still burning over the trouble and peril her action had brought to bonnie yet he hated to have his opinion of Hela shaken he had arranged it in his mind that she was a sweet and lovely girl one in every way similar to solvine the innocent and he did not care to change it he tried to remember gila's conventional upbringing and realized that she had no conception of a girl out of her own social circle other than as menial to whom to condescend the vision of her loveliness in rose and silver with her prayer-book in her kerchief was still dimly forcing him to be at least polite and accept her letter of apology for her failure as he could not suppose it was sincerely meant then all at once a new fact dawned upon him the invitation had been for saturday evening this was sunday evening and now what was he to do he might call her up and apologize but what could he say BILL WARD MIGHT HAVE TOLD HER BY THIS TIME THAT HE KNEW THE LETTER HAD BEEN RECEIVED. A BLUNT CONFESSION THAT HE HAD FORGOTTEN TO READ IT MIGHT OFFEND. YET WHAT ELSE COULD HE DO? IT WAS MOST ANNOYING. HE WENT TO THE TELEPHONE AS SOON AS HE REACHED THE COLLEGE. THE FELLOWS HAD ALREADY GONE DOWN TO THE EVENING MEAL. HE COULD HEAR THE CLINK OF CHINA AND SILVER IN THE DISTANT DINING-ROOM. IT WAS A GOOD TIME TO PHONE. A moment and gila's cool contralto answered hello there was something about the way that gila said that word that conveyed a whole lot of things instantly putting the caller at his distance but placing the lady on a pedestal before which it became most desirable to bow this is paul courtland oh mr courtland her voice was freezing but courtland was not used to being frozen out "'I owe you an apology, Miss Dare,' he said with dignity. He didn't care how blunt he sounded now. It always angered him to be frozen. "'Your letter reached me just as I was leaving here last evening on a very important errand. I put it in my pocket, but I have been so occupied that it escaped my mind utterly until just now. I hope I did not cause you much inconvenience.' "'Oh, it really didn't matter in the least,' answered Gila indifferently. Nothing could be colder or more distant than her voice, and yet there was something in it this time, a subtle lure, that exasperated. A teasing little something at his spirit demanded to be set right in her eyes, to have her the suppliant rather than himself. "'I really am awfully ashamed,' he said in quite a boyish humble tone, and then gasped at himself, "'What was there about Gila that always got a fellow's goat?' "'After that... Gila had the conversation quite where she wanted it, and finally she told him sweetly that he might come over this evening if he chose. She had other engagements, but she would break them all for him. "'Suppose you go to church with me this evening,' he temporized. "'I found a minister I'd like to have you here. He's quite original.' There was a distinct pause at the other end of the phone, while Gila's little white teeth came cruelly into her red underlip and her pearly forehead drew the straight, black, penciled brows naughtily. Then she answered in sweetly, honeyed tones, "'Why, that would be lovely. Perhaps I will. What time do we start?' Something in her tone annoyed him, despite his satisfaction at having induced her to be friends again. Almost it sounded like a false note in the day again. He hadn't expected her to go. Now she was going. He was very sure he didn't want her." "'I warn you that it is among very common people in the lower part of the city,' he said almost severely. "'Oh, that's all right,' she declared graciously. "'I'm sure it will be dandy. I certainly do enjoy new experiences.' He hung up the phone with far greater misgivings than he had felt when he asked her to call on Bonnie. Bill Ward was called out of the dining-room to the telephone almost as soon as Cortland got down to the table. It was Gila on the phone.' Is that you, Bill? Well, Bill, this is Gila. Say, what in the name of peace have you let me in for now? I hope to goodness Mamma won't find it out. She'd have a pink fit. Say, is this a joke or what? I believe you're putting one over on me. Search me, Gila. I'm all in the dark. Give me a line on it and I will tell you. Well, what do you think that crazy nut has pulled off now? Wants me to go to church with him of all things and down in some queer slum place too if i get into a scrape you'll have to promise to help me out or mom'll never let me free from a chaperone again and i had to make Artley gulpin and turner bailey sore too by telling them i was sick and they couldn't come and try over those new dance steps to-night as i'd promised if i get into the papers or anything i'll have a long score to settle with you oh cut that out Gila. "'You'll not get into any scrape with Court. "'He's all right. "'He's only nuts about religion just now, "'and seems to be set on sampling all kinds of churches. "'Say, that's a good one, though, "'for you to go to church with him. "'I must tell the fellows, "'Keep it up, guile, old girl. "'You'll pull the fat out of the fire yet. "'You're just the one to go along "'and counteract the pious line. "'You should worry about Artley Gulpin and Turner Bailey. "'You can't keep either of them sore.' they haven't got backbone enough to stay so. If it's the same dump Court took Hennelly to this morning, you'll get your money's worth all right. Nellie said it was a scream. Bill Ward came back grinning from ear to ear. Every few minutes, during the rest of the meal, he broke out in a broad grin and looked at Courtland, who was absorbed in his own thoughts, and then he would slap Tennelly on the shoulder and say, Ooh, boy, it's a rare one but it was not until Courtland had hurried away after his lady that Bill gave forth his information. "'Oh, Nellie,' he burst forth, "'Cort's going to take Gila to church. You don't suppose he'll take her to that dump where he led you this morning, do you? I can see her nose go up now. I thought I'd croak when she told me. Wait till you hear her call me up on the phone when she gets home. She'll give me the worst bawling out I ever had.' And Aunt Nina... Would have a papalexi if she knew her darlin pet was going into that part of town. Oh boy, set me on my feet or I'll die laughing. Tennelly regarded Bill Ward with solemn consternation. Do you mean to tell me that Cortland has asked your cousin to go to that camp meeting hole where he took me this morning? Cut out the kidding and tell me straight. Well, then Bill. "'It's serious, and we've got to do something. "'We can't have a fellow like Court spoiled for life. "'He's gone stale. "'That's what's the matter. "'He's gone stale. "'He's got to have strenuous measures to pull him up.' "'He sure has,' said Bill Ward soberly, "'getting up from the couch where he had been rolling in his mirth. "'What can we do? "'What about these business ambitions of his? "'Couldn't we work him that way? "'For court has got a great head on him, you know.' i thought gila would do the business but if he's wrong in religion on her it's all up i'm afraid but business is a different thing not even court could mix business and religion for they won't fit together that's the trouble said tennelly thoughtfully if it gets out what's the matter with court he won't stand half a chance i was thinking of my uncle Ramsay out in chicago he has large financial interests in the west he often wants promising men to take charge of some big thing, and it means a dandy opening, big money, and no end of social and political pull to get into one of his berths. He's promised me one when I'm done college, and I was going to talk to him about court. He's twice the man I am, and just what Uncle Ramsay wants. He's coming on east next week, and likely to stop over. I might see what I can do. That's just the thing, Nellie go to it old man write unc a letter to-night nothing like giving a lot of dope beforehand that's an idea i will and tennelly went to his desk and began to write meantime gila awaited courtland's coming attired in a most startling costume of blue velvet and ermine with high-laced white kid boots and a hat that resembled a fresh white setting hen tied down to her pert little face with a veil whose large meshed surface was broken by a single design, a large black butterfly anchored just across her dainty little nose, a most astonishing costume in which to appear in the Reverend John Burns's unpretentious little church crowded with the canaille of the city. It was the first time that Cortland had ever felt that Gila was a little loud in her dress. End of chapter 18 Recording by Scarlett, Louisiana.